0: Buy one, get one half off traditional wing Tuesdays at Buffalo Wild Wings? Wing Tuesdays is the best day of my life. Every Tuesday. What about graduating valedictorian? Or the first day of your new job? I mean, those are all great, but they just weren't on a wing Tuesday. Buy one, get one half off traditional wings every Tuesday, only at Buffalo Wild Wings. To the greatest of all times. Buy one, get one of equal value, 50% off traditional wings on Tuesdays at participating locations. Not valid with other offers. Size exclusions may apply, while supplies last. Limit one. Delivery and takeout available at participating locations through Buffalo Wild Wings app or website. Fees, including service fees, may apply. Buffalo Wild Wings has specials on food from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, and great deals on drinks all day. It's the perfect way to offset a long day. Text that hilarious joke about your boss to your boss. What? No! No! Try a $3 Wild Herd by Goose Island. Set your morning alarm for 6 p.m.? Ah! That calls for $5 strawberry margaritas. So if you ask your phone why you're still single and... Ha ha ha. Seriously? Head to Buffalo Wild Wings. At participating locations, taxes and fees apply. Dine-in only. Drink responsibly. Offers vary by location. Void where prohibited. the night before christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring not even a mouse the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hope that saint nicholas soon would be there the children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads and Mumma in her kerchief and i in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprung from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, Tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow Gave the luster of midday to objects below, When what to my wandering eyes should appear But a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, And whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves before the wild hurricane fly, When they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the courses they flew, with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too, and then, in the twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head, and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys was flung on his back, and he looked like a pedlar just opening his pack. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry, his cheeks were like a rose, his nose like a cherry, his droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow, the stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke that encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly That shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, And I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head Soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, And filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney he rose he sprung to his sleigh to his team gave a whistle and away they all flew like the down of a thistle but I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight happy Christmas to all and to all a good night so for those of you who don't know that is the night before Christmas the poem that was written in the early 19th century was first published on December the 23rd 1823 and the author is—it's—it's uh, it's argued between uh, Clement Clark Moore and Henry Livingston Jr. Now, both of them claim that they wrote it. Both of them have been given credit for it. So we don't know really who wrote it. I mean, you're talking nearly two hundred years ago now. People aren't going to know. Um, but welcome to This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. If you hadn't guessed by the start four minutes of this episode, we will be covering possibly one of the most famous men of all time, and that is Santa Claus, if you are American, Father Christmas, if you are English, or Saint Nicholas, Kris Kringle, Papo Gijo. There are so many names for Father Christmas. I will be referring to him as Father Christmas through most of this because I am English and that is what we call him. Also, I'll be referring to him as Saint Nicholas. Now, the reason we refer to him as Saint Nicholas is because there is a lot of history behind Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas was a real person. He did exist and the legend of Santa Claus or Father Christmas has come from that so we'll start with the early life of Saint Nicholas now when he was born he was known as Nicholas of Bari he was born in the 4th century in a town called Myra which is now modern day Turkey so Nicholas was born to two two parents but his parents were both quite wealthy his mother and father were not poor he was born into quite a decent home Now when he was born his parents saw it as a sign from God. They had tried for many years to conceive a child and had failed and they had planned uh, sorry planned they had prayed and prayed to God. They were very good Christians they prayed to God and when Nicholas was born they saw it as a sign from God. Obviously this didn't last very long because he was actually orphaned at a very young age both his mother and father died so god gives with one hand and takes away with the other i suppose if you look at it like that um he was raised by his uncle uh, who was the bishop of myra so again a very christian and a very orthodox background for his early life nicholas's uncle the bishop um said for many years that nicholas was a good child and he would grow up to bring a lot of joy to people now as a young man, uh, Nicholas helped a lot of the poorer people in his community. He was, uh, like I said, he was from quite a wealthy background, had had a bit of money behind him, and he helped the younger. Uh, the younger children in the town uh, building toys and playing with toys and things like that. So this is where you can start to see a little bit of the legend of Santa and a bit of the legend of him and how it's come about from this. Um, but basically, he was he was pretty much he was a, a very good Christian. You know, he spent a lot of time with the poor, he looked after people, he gave things back to his community, and he was a very nice person. One of the famous stories uh, from Saint Nicholas was uh, of a, a young man who had three daughters um, he in medieval times i mean you're talking pre-medieval times here the fourth century so in this this era what happened when you had daughters was you had to have money to pay for them to get married now this man was very poor and didn't have the money now in this instance what in what would happen is if you didn't have the money to pay for your daughters to get married then you would have to sell them into slavery now Nicholas obviously being quite well off knew this man knew his daughters and wanted to help despite being able to hand them the money himself which would obviously hurt the man's pride and potentially be rejected what he actually did was he climbed onto the roof of the house and he dropped a bag of gold coins down the chimney this bag of cold uh, cold this bag of gold coins landed in one of the girl's stockings that were drying on the fireplace and the family believed that their prayers had been answered and they he was able to pay for the marriage of his first daughter now you can see again you can you'll see similarities throughout this these stories as we go along um from that nicholas then decided to put more gold down the chimney to help his other two daughters when he did this he was actually caught doing it so they realized that it wasn't actually god that had answered their prayers it was it was nicholas and how he was looking after the people of his community in basically the only way that he knew how obviously from this this act that he did um, word started to spread around town obviously he'd been caught doing it and people knew now that Nicholas was uh, quite wealthy and was quite happy to give away his money basically quite happy to share his wealth with the, the, uh, the populace of the town of Myra So the people of Myra started to leave stockings by their fireplace in hopes that Nicholas would throw some gold down their chimney and it would land in their stockings. This actually worked. Um, There were many instances throughout the town where people would find gold or presents or gifts or uh, toys for children that would all have been left by Nicholas Um, And it it sparked an era in in the town of Myra where people went past that pride of um, not helping each other. So people in the town started to help their neighbours. This neighbourly love came into the town. And this was because of Nicholas and how he had pretty much broken that shell of the pride of not being able to ask your neighbour if they need any help obviously you can see that more people were taking on the role of helping each other more people were giving presents more people were giving money to each other and in many instances this was anonymous this was done you know they would they would give the money to their neighbor or they'd leave a present on the doorstep or you know drop it down the chimney and things like that this was normally done anonymously But because the rumour had spread about Nicholas and how Nicholas was the man who was giving, people believed that this was all Nicholas. Every single present, every single gift was Nicholas. And people started to speculate as to how he could be in so many places all at once. Obviously, again, you can see the similarities and how he managed to get around and ...how the magic of St. Nicholas... ...people were speculating... ...well how can he do it... ...maybe he's, he must be magic... ...or he must be blessed by God... ...to be able to get around to all these places... ...all at the same time... ...this story quickly spread... ...throughout Turkey... ...and it got to a point in Nicholas's life... ...where he'd actually given away... ...his entire family fortune... ...he'd given away everything that he owns... ...all his money... ...all his worldly possessions... ...he'd given them all away and he wasn't bothered you know he he didn't he didn't care this was he was just the man who wanted to help everybody and because of that he then became a monk now from that he then uh graduated i would say from being a monk he then took up the position of the Bishop of Myra, he took over from his uncle uh, when his uncle passed away, and we do know that Saint Nicholas was a real person. They had a council uh, called Nicea or Nica or Nica. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it's N-I-C-E-A, and there's documentation of him being present on that council. So we do know that Nicholas did exist. There is proof of that. Nicholas was very outspoken. Um, he noticed a lot of things wrong with the Catholic Church and decided to do whatever he could to change that he uh, on one occasion he actually found evidence of children that be being kidnapped and he did uh, what anyone, well I would hope anyone would do in that situation and he freed them all and when he freed them all this was recognised by the Catholic Church and uh, he was He was seen as a saint, and this was while he was alive. So normally saints are after death. He was actually sort of crowned, I know they're not officially crowned, but he was crowned with the name of St. Nicholas, the patron saint of children, and for some reason, the patron saint of sailors as well. That's mainly because he sailed around and obviously travelled with his bishops, And moved places of Turkey, and 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 because of his sailing, that's why he was the patron saint of sailors. But again, it's not something that most people know. But there we go. That's why he was the patron saint of sailors, as well as children. There has been stories uh, passed down through generations of sailors who have been at sea. And there's occasions of sailors in Turkey around this this time period who were out in in the sea in very very rough weather very dangerous weather who would pray to saint nicholas to calm the sea um on one occasion they said they saw saint nicholas in the sky and he calmed the waves and and the the sailors were able to return home safely now whether you believe that story or not it's entirely up to you i'll leave that to you guys now it does give you a bit of credence when you're looking at uh, similar stories nowadays and how Father Christmas is able to travel around the world and how he goes through all these different time zones and all these different weathers, and how can he travel through really bad storms? Well, you can see there how he managed to travel through really bad storms. It was something that as, you know, there's explanations for everything from this time period to what we know as Father Christmas today obviously the stories of saint nicholas were passed down from generation to generation and the stories really stayed with people for a long long time you know he was very very popular around the fourth century and even up to sort of the 16th century he was still one of the most popular catholic saints that people would pray to and this is something that's really really important you can see from this the more prayers that he's receiving. Because he was so popular, he was getting lots and lots and lots of prayers. Then the story came out that Father Christmas or Saint Nicholas would rather receive letters rather than prayers because they're a lot easier for him to handle. And this is when people started writing letters to Saint Nicholas. Obviously, Saint Nicholas has been long gone for you know over a thousand years now. But people started to write letters instead of prayers. And this is where the letters to Santa have started to come from. The legend of Saint Nicholas, the legend of the giving and the receiving of presents uh, really resonated around the, the 16th century. And it started to get to a point where people would start to leave their shoes or their stockings out um on saint nicholas day so this is not on christmas day this is saint nicholas day which is actually the 6th of december and lo and behold when the children left these shoes and stockings out when they woke up the next morning their shoes and their stockings were filled with sweets or toys now you might wonder where this got changed from the 6th of december and i shall explain saint nicholas day still exists in the catholic calendar on the 6th of december but most of you will have heard of a man named martin luther now i'm not talking about martin luther king i'm talking about the catholic reformation of the church and a man named Martin luther who was one of the biggest uh, influencers behind the reformation of the catholic church now he when this happened decided to say that these presents were not from saint nicholas they were from jesus christ saint nicholas had nothing to do with it and it was all jesus the story that it had come from jesus in the german word the way the German, because martin luther was german Uh, the way it was pronounced was instead of it coming from Santa, not Santa, but Saint Nicholas, it came from a Christ Kringle now, this is what it was known as Christ Kringle, Jesus Christ and this was later then translated to Chris Kringle, and this is where we get Chris Kringle Santa from so, this is where in around the 16th century Chris Kringle then became the name for St Nicholas. Chris Kringle in England is the way we know. We don't we don't necessarily see him as Saint Nick. Uh, and I'm not sure how Americans see him. I'm not sure if they call him Saint Nick. I know they obviously call him Santa Claus but uh, Saint Nick or Chris Kringle. But again there's like I said there's many different names for him but this is where the English really run with Chris Kringle. Now, when the American Revolution started in around the 1700s, late 1700s, the Americans didn't want to keep Kris Kringle, because that was English. And they took the old, um, I would say, uh, Dutch, it was uh, Holland, Belgium, those sort of countries around there, they used to call him Sinterklaas. This was St. Nicholas. And this is where it got changed, through americanisms from santa claus to santa claus so now santa has become american and as we know when americans do something they do it big and this is where it gets run it runs away with it um there's a famous writer uh, called irving he wrote the sleepy hollow books um he was very very famous he was one of the first ones to, to cone the name santa claus and he also wrote stories about how santa flew in over the treetops into new york uh, stopped to smoke his pipe and then flew away Um, and this was elaborated on by other writers over the years and the stories got bigger and bigger and bigger this again goes back to the poem that i read at the start of the episode where again this was a change in the times with saint nicholas with santa claus and how he evolved so this was written in like i said the 1800s this is a 200 year old 1823 a 200 year old poem and it all stems from a fourth century monk turned bishop and you can see the similarities from the old fourth century how the stories basically kept the same up until the point of the Catholic Reformation, where it gets changed. When the Americans get hold of it, and they have to change it because they don't want anything English anymore. They really did run with it, and they really did change the story. Not not change it. They did. You know the the story of Santa. You can see the similarities between the story of Santa Claus and the story of Saint Nicholas. Um. But they did change it to an extent where it's now more modern, it's bigger, it's more famous. And, you know, everybody knows Santa Claus throughout the whole world. And it's amazing how just one little change in a story and how how easy it was to run away with the story of Santa Claus. So originally, Saint Nicholas was an avid traveller. He travelled the world, well, as much of the world as he could, but he did it via boat. So he was a sailor, he was a navigator. Now, obviously, this story isn't going to run when we're talking about the 1800s. He's got a change, hasn't he? So in 1821, there was actually a book called Old Santa Claus with Much Delight, and this was the first, we don't know who the author was, this was the first time that Santa was given a sleigh with a reindeer, so people now can see how he'd get around on land, he had a reindeer pulling a sleigh, but it was just one reindeer, Later in the century, in 1889, Catherine Lee Bates, she was the first author to introduce us to Mrs. Claus. Unfortunately, they didn't give you any information or she didn't give you any information on whether they had children together or if there's an heir to the Santa Claus uh, story, but you get the gist of how people were taking the story and running with it and adding new bits to it to give us the legend that we know today. We know after that through different authors and through different stories that he moved his his whole warehouse, let's say, to the North Pole. He hired a team of elves to help him make all the presents and he upgraded from one reindeer to eight reindeer. And this was all in the 1800s. Uh, he he added a ninth reindeer in 1939. As I'm sure most of you are aware, that is Rudolph Um, now this is something that uh, I've always said to my kids that Rudolph was a fake reindeer Rudolph never existed Santa only has 8 reindeer well in 1939 that's when he added his 8th so just before the Second World War we'll flash back about 40 years in 1898 the first ever video of Santa Claus existed and that was where a filmmaker filmed little clips of a man dressed as santa uh, leaving presents at the at the end of children's beds in stockings now this is something that i find very strange because in england when we grow up we put our stockings at the end of the bed so santa comes into your bedroom fills your stocking up and then puts your stocking back at the end of the bed in america he leaves them under the tree Now I started with my... I was always brought up with leaving the stockings at the end of the bed and growing up being an adult I found it a little bit creepy that a man dressed in red with a big white beard would come into my children's bedroom to leave presents so my kids leave them downstairs and Santa comes and drops the presents downstairs. Not only that, I find it amazing for however many years I believed in Santa Claus that uh my mum managed to get into my bedroom without waking me up in the middle of the night to fill my stockings so it's amazing how uh how different cultures keep the st- keep the story of santa alive but like i said my family we now have gone with the american tradition of putting the presents under the tree it seems a little bit less creepy i suppose we 're going to flash a little bit into the modern era now, so're into the twentieth century obviously like i said we've we've already introduced Rudolph uh, in nineteen thirty nine but we'll go back a little bit to nineteen twenty four which some some people might not know but I would suggest according to my statistics 90% of my listeners being from the states will know and that is the Macy's Christmas Day Parade and in 1924 Santa made his first ever public appearance on a Macy's float now this is not something we have in this country we don't know very much about it in fact the only reason I know about the Macy's uh, parade is the fact that It's been on a couple of films. Otherwise, I wouldn't even have known about it. But I'm guessing, to you guys, it's quite a big thing. Now, this was the first time Santa ever made a public appearance. And this was because he had a little bit of time on his hands now. Santa has more time because the elves are doing all the work. And because Santa was so popular in 1924... He's been there ever since. Every single year, there is a Santa at the Macy's Parade. Again, when you look at a couple of the things, so in America, um, I will go back to it, and it's, it's just a, a side note. In America, you guys leave out um, milk and cookies for Santa. Um, in our country, we leave him alcohol or whiskey and or sherry. Normally, it's sherry, but... It, it, whiskey or sherry depending on in my house it's rum because that's what we have in the house um but it was alcohol and a mince pie so slightly different but yeah we didn't leave we don't leave him milk or cookies we leave him alcohol because we english we like our alcohol in the 1980s flash forward another few decades we have the introduction of probably one of the biggest things in the world now and that is shopping centres or as you call them in America, shopping malls Uh, I apologise for the dodgy American accent but we call them shopping centres so I'm going to call them shopping centres and in a shopping centre at this time of year there is somebody dressed as Santa Claus so now Santa's making an appearance in every single shopping centre across the world he's become bigger and better We'll flash forward to the 21st century now where we're talking modern times, um, very different times to the 4th century that we're talking about for the original Saint Nicholas. Obviously as we all know there are things called Santa Con, um, there are many Santa related things that happened all over the world um, even to the point that you can actually track Santa's progress on Google on Christmas Eve if you really wanted to Um, a few years ago in our country we had the International Space Station fly directly over the UK uh, during the evening of christmas eve so the children could look up and they could see the international space station go across um or they could see sorry i'm lying to you they could see santa going across you can even go as far as suggest uh, it was done by the the daily mail in england um they, they basically <laughs> they worked out that based on The fact that Santa will have to deliver gifts to 1.6 billion children, this requires Santa visiting 5,556 homes per second and eating 150 billion calories in milk and mince pies. With an average of 2.5 children per household, Santa will make 64, sorry, 640 million stops on Christmas Eve. They went even further. Each child would need 80 centimetres of wrapping, which would stretch 1.5 million miles, and the net total of presents would cost Santa £279.27 billion per year. And if we assume that this is right, he would need to visit one house every eight seconds. So that just shows you how good and how quick Santa actually is. So you can see, obviously, how it's been changed. You can see how the story's modernised over the years and the difference between Santa Claus and Sinterklaas and Kris Kringle and Saint Nicholas and how it's all evolved throughout the years. There are definitely similarities between the 4th century bishop and the 21st century Santa Claus, but the story is more than that. It's a It's about belief, it's about something different for people, it's about a coming together of people and beliefs and and people from all backgrounds, you know, Santa draws communities together, he draws uh, families together, he brings people joy and happiness across the world, even though a lot of people, you know, don't ever get an opportunity to believe in Santa. You know, a lot of places across the world don't believe in Christianity, a lot of places across the world um are Christians but are unlucky to be too poor to believe in Santa. Um, you know, there's a lot of positives and negatives to, to think about when you think about Santa Claus. And, you know, it's a very different time now that we live in compared to the 4th century and and it's amazing how a story of a catholic saint has changed from generation to generation and over sort of over 1700 years how the story has evolved but yet how it still captures children and how it still is important to you know every christian family in the world i mean i will be the first one to put my hands up and say I am not Christian. I am not religious in any way, shape, or form. But the story of Santa, I ain't getting rid of that. The story of Christmas, not getting rid of that. There are things that you have being in a Christian country that you still hold dear just because you might not believe the majority of it. Being from that type of a country, um, you do still follow most of the traditions and. Santa Claus and Christmas is definitely one of them so I hope everybody enjoyed the story I hope everybody enjoyed my little poem at the start I've had a few messages from people saying they really enjoyed the Guy Fawkes one where I put the poem at the start before the introduction so I thought do you know what I'm gonna do it again Um, no one actually commented saying they didn't like it so if you don't like it let me know and let me know why because if there is a reason, maybe it's something I can change. Maybe it's my voice. Maybe it's the way I I read. Um, some people, you know, don't. You know, not everybody likes everyone's reading voice. Um, my podcast voice is a little bit different to my reading voice, so maybe maybe there's that. Anyway, I, I'm digressing, but I do hope you all enjoyed the story, and I do hope everybody, you know, learnt something. I think there's a lot to be learnt about the traditions of Santa Claus and where he's come from and what he does now, you know, how it's changed and I think, you know, when I grew up, um, I don't know about everybody, but when I grew up, Santa Claus used to bring me a sack full of presents and I think that takes away from the traditions of it. Uh, my children get one present each from Santa Claus. Um, and it's normally the one that they really, really, really want. It's normally the one, the best present. Um, and that's how we've always done it as a family. Um, I I think that the traditions of Santa bringing you lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of presents is, is a little bit over the top. I think we should go back to... The original story, where he brings one present per child, and the my kids that's how they learn, and that's what they believe and you know i i you know I'm not gonna knock anybody's traditions if you do it differently, you do it differently, but my tradition's in my family that's how we do it it's one present per child um but yeah, I mean, I learned quite a lot from this one um there's a lot of things about Santa I didn't know until. I started researching and yeah, I've really enjoyed this. It's a a little bit of a different one, a bit more fun. Um, I know I've done a lot of war and battles and death and things like that. I thought this would be a little bit more fun. Um, Look out for next week's episode because it will run along the same lines of Christmas because we are in Christmas and I know this year is a bit different and people forgetting that we're in Christmas now do you know what I mean, they're forgetting about it because this year's been shit there's no point in sugarcoating it it has been a shit year Um, we need a good Christmas and I'm going to stick with Christmas themes I think the next week's episode I'm going to tell you all um, next week's episode we're going to do similar to the history of Halloween we're going to do the history of Christmas so where Christmas actually comes from why it's celebrated on the 25th of December in particular, because it shouldn't be um, and where the whole story started and where it comes from and the original traditions of Christmas so we're going to go back a little bit um, for all of you who are religious uh, again, there will be things in that episode that might make you think oh, I should be saying that I'm only going to give you historical facts I will not be putting my opinion onto Christian traditions because I respect you guys and at the end of the day you believe what you believe I'll believe what I believe and we all live happily ever after so I'm glad that everyone's uh, okay with that um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been fun uh, I hope everybody has enjoyed it um, if anybody wants to send me a Christmas present this year get yourselves over to Patreon join up it's $5 a month if you are not in America Patreon have now changed they do it in every single currency across the world if you're in Europe they do it in Euros China, Yen, they'll do it in Pounds for the English Um, so any country that you are in get yourselves onto Patreon and you can actually do it in your own currency it's a lot easier for that way Um, and like I said I believe the minimum is $5 a month so get yourselves on there get onto it, sign up go on patreon.com, type in this week in history, it'll come up with my podcast and you will get special access to episodes that are not available on this service failing that, get yourselves onto Facebook, this week in history join the group, get involved next year, so we're going to get a couple of episodes out before between now and the end of the year um, and then we shall see you in the new year thank you for listening, remember guys, we all have history Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com local today.